heard that a few companies are trying to create electric planes that run on batteries. Which means soon you'll hear a pilot say, I'm sorry for the delay. We just got to change 800,000 AA batteries. <laughs> <laughs> um, so That would be impractical. Hey, a follow-up <laughs> that just came out of nowhere, because uh, I saw this. So we're just talking about how the average man is now almost 200 pounds. The average woman is almost 170. Average in America. Average. Even though the average height is uh, lower than you might think. For men, it's 5'9 and something, and for women, it's 5'3 and three quarters. Um, and so this article in USA Today, well, it's teased on the front page. It seems TV ju- just can't let go of fat shaming. There should be no room for stubborn, misguided portrayals, portrayals of fat people. So that's kind of interesting. Um, if, if it, I don't watch hardly any television. At this point, with younger children. Well, I do watch the sports, and the promos they're running for the new sitcoms are embarrassing. <laughs> a lot of the new sitcoms are like 25-year-old retreads, like Murphy Brown. and <laughs> They got Magnum P.I. starting up again with some uh, hot youngster. Fine. Okay. Great. But so, if the CDC says we're all overweight, and they list the reasons, none of them being beyond our control mm-hmm. in their list. Right. Their list of reasons is we eat out more than we used to. The portions are bigger, but, you know, you got to not eat the whole thing. I need to not eat the whole thing. Right. Um, drinking too much soda, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. So does it make sense to not have any shame about ourselves or put any shame on anybody for doing that since it's all killing us? I don't know. That's a, you know interesting Diabetes rates on the rise. On the other hand, if, if everybody's fat, what's the point of us all making fun of this is what we are? Well, it could be argued that it's like making fun of smoking you know, or, or, or you know, being critical of smoking. It's good for you. Right. I mean, you could argue that. I, I don't need to hear it on a daily basis. I got a scale. I know how, you know. Fat and or not fat, I am but at any TV, moment. But TV, but you know, TV entertainment. So far, the other direction in general. Sure. I mean, they're way ahead of being accepting toward gay marriage, transgender, inter interracial. You know, all these different progressive issues. But on fat, this at least this reviewer says they're way the other direction. Anyway, I just wanted to read the premise for this new show because it sounds so funny. Um, I'll read from the reviewer here in USA Today. The first 10 minutes of Netflix's new teen drama, Insatiable, tells you everything you need to know about the show and none of it good. The series is the latest in a trend of TV shows that are trying to portray plus-size women, and it is by far the worst among them. Insatiable revolves around Patty, uh, a high school girl who checks off all the boxes of a cruel, fat caricature. She's lazy, depressed, and unloved. She smears food on her face as she spends her nights binge eating. She hoards chocolate bars and punches a homeless man in the face for trying to steal one of her chocolate bars. Here's the funny twist of the show, though. Amused me. Right. When Patty is punched back by the homeless man, so a homeless man tries to steal a chocolate bar, (sighs) she punches the homeless guy. When she's punched back, she's injured so badly that her jaw has to be wired shut, which leads her to lose 70 pounds, becoming insanely attractive, which she goes out and seeks beauty pageants, glory, and revenge upon those who treated her poorly when she was heavy. Good Lord. <laughs> what an interesting premise for a show. I'm horrified by that. Oh I'm not God. easily horrified. Oh, my God. Wow. That's terrible. <laughs> Who's there in that? Netflix. Uh, it's, Netflix. Well, Netflix. You know, it's all in the execution. could be hilarious if it's done right. But it's not. It's not. <laughs> no, okay. No. Wow. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting that um, we're all fat. The TV show's... 
uh, apparently, according to this reviewer, tend to portray fat people in a negative light. Yeah. Yeah. And then should we or not? I don't know. That's a good question. I've noticed the new virtue signaling trend in in, uh, TV series is the interracial couple. It was the gay character for quite some time where, you know, 20% of the people on TV are gay. Um, Now it's every single couple is interracial. It's as if, you know, no black people ever marry black people anymore, nor white or Hispanic or whatever. Um, It's it's like every single ad. Uh, Watch the TV. Every single ad has an interracial couple in it. Which is not very common. Uh, no, no, and it's uh, certainly, you know, marry whoever you want. I don't care. Uh, people, enjoy yourself. I wish you a long marry. and happy life together. I, 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 I drive around <laughs> a college campus. I see couples all the time, young college couples, Asian guy and Asian girl, black guy and black girl, white dude and white girl all the time. Mm-hmm. It is by far the most common thing to see. Sure. It's just, just, just not on TV. It, yeah, yeah, just not on TV. There's a promo my kids really like. I think it's on PBS, comes on before one of their kids' shows. They like it because they really like the song. But it's a cartoon of of families and all different mixes of, uh, you know, the Asian mom and the, and, the, and the black dude and all this different stuff. The one thing they don't have in the entire promo is a white man and a white woman, even though that's still the plurality. The most common by quite a bit. Right. If, if you're going to picture a marriage couple, if you're going to go with the... Most likely married couple in America would be a white guy and a white girl, not portrayed in this promo. You're sounding like a bit of a white supremacist. It's just interesting. He's a white supremacist. He's a white supremacist. Everybody's a white supremacist. But it's just, it's odd. Oh, speaking of which, you know, uh, I flipped on the MSNBC this morning and they were ranting and raving. They had Al Sharpton on. Oh, for God's sake. I... Speaking like on the Amorosa topic, yeah, yeah, I was calling her a dog is clearly a racist thing. Uh, exactly, yeah, precisely. That was their theme. I was just gonna, I, I, I just who, 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 from any ideological standpoint, doesn't think Al Sharpton is a joke. I don't know. Is there a coalition of people in America who don't understand who he is? I realize I have no right to speak for black people, but geez, it would seem like you'd. If you're if you're black, you'd want a better spokesman. Right. Even if you hate Trump, even if you want to make the argument that Trump was racist for calling Omarosa a dog, not have Al Sharpton be the guy making the argument. Right, right. He's a con man. But anyway, they were going wall to wall with that and just uh, just railing and crying and gnashing their teeth and tearing their clothes about how that's clearly a racist racist shot and, and the rest of it. And it was just I don't know, just just ridiculous. But a number of folks, including Philip Rucker in the Washington Post, have researched President Trump's history of calling people dogs. And a couple of things have emerged. Number one, it's a go-to. He calls everybody a dog. Choke like a dog, fired like a dog, sweat like a dog, dirty as a dog, whatever. Uh, Often white men. Um, And so it's just this go-to. Sweated like a dog. Yeah. Secondly, it, it seems that Trump, who is famously a germaphobe, is just really anti-dog. He doesn't like dogs. He doesn't want any animals anywhere near him. That's uh, grounds for impeachment, in my opinion. <laughs> I, you know, come on. Well, he's. A, I, I disagreed with virtually everything Barack Obama did and said, but, you know, he's a good dad. He had his big old furry water dogs, and he seems like a regular guy to me. I hadn't thought about it, but Trump's the first president to not have a dog that I remember. W had his spaniels, right? Wasn't he kind of a spaniel guy? W had that, uh, what was that dog he had that had a funny name? Buster? No. Uh, no, but you're close. Buddy, budgie, but mm. anyway, lots of uh, lots of politicians have had dogs. Either they well, were I'm dog lovers, or they felt like they should have a dog Barney. to make people happy. Barney, Barney, that's Barney. Right. 
Uh, so uh, Bush had Barney the dog. Clinton was a horn dog. Uh, let's see. And ate corn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> a fat joke. Fat shaming. But Trump is clearly not a dog but guy. He's a, he's a guy who lives in an office building. I mean, how not like the rest of the country is that lifestyle? The the whole big city, you live in a tall building. That's your that's the home you've purchased. That's not the way most people live. So, yeah, having a dog would be pretty unhandy in that environment. David Livingston. You'd have to walk a long way to get to a place where the dog could even pee. Right. David Livingstone Smith, a philosophy professor who studies dehumanization and racism and wrote a book on the subject, says, In the fascist style of politics, one of the crucial elements is distinguishing us from them. We are intrinsically good, they are intrinsically bad, defective, subhuman, etc. And that comparing people to animals is a way to dehumanize them. How How do people have conversations like this and take them seriously? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, you have to like my have ignored is, or not noticed the reality of your life since childhood. My go-to. Everybody says that sort of thing all the time. My go-to is the D word. And it often doesn't make sense. But that's just like if I'm flustered, that's my go-to. He's a D Richard. or whatever. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, in the modern world, comparing somebody to a sexual part is a way to dehuman. No, it's just my go-to. And to suggest that slang, I am mad at it's you. It's appropriate that they be raped. Or... <laughs> right. Right. Uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, whatever. While dogs are considered dirty in some cultures, such as the Middle East, they are popular in the United States as household pets and are considered loyal and adoring. Uh, is who, this actually who, written? Yes, I'm reading from the Washington Post. Wow. Uh, who this is written for? I'm not precisely sure. Dogs are a sure. common pet. Yes. They're adored and loved and loved. Yes, they're considered loyal and adoring. Oh, thank <laughs> you for our president. <laughs> he doesn't like them. I'm glad you wrote an article telling me that because I'm from a different planet and I just landed in my silver jumpsuit. <laughs> so, so this uh, this other this person who's being quoted in the article who evidently <laughs> is hilarious. making the transition from a critic to consultant. Dogs are which are a four legged beast, the male of the species, which regularly licks itself. Uh, let's you see. need to be more like a doll. That's right. So um, this person who's gone from critic to consultant suggests a more apt slur in America would be calling someone a rat or a pig or a wolf. Who is this for? Mm. <laughs> Although uh, Trump's first wife, Ivana, writes in her memoir, Racing Trump. <laughs> Donald was not a dog fan. When I told him I was bringing Chappie, that's a poodle, with me to New York, he said, oh, no. But she brought her poodle nonetheless. It's me and Chappie or no one, she my, recalls telling her husband. My youngest brother doesn't like dogs. He got knocked down by a big dog multiple times when he was a little kid, and he's always hated dogs because mm. of that. It happens. Yeah. I got attacked by dogs a couple times, and it just didn't didn't do anything to me fear-wise, which is weird. He's not, I'm not trying to... He just doesn't like him. He doesn't understand what the appeal would be, probably because his brain is wired to... To see them as a threat. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I'm just curious why that didn't happen to me. It should have. But anyway, I love dogs. In fact, I said to Judy just last night, honest to God, I was was, uh, walking down the hallway, and Baxter had been sitting there waiting for me to do what I was doing in the bedroom, then go back to the kitchen, then he walked with me to the kitchen. I said, I tell you what, I realize it's completely irrational, but how can you not love somebody who always wants to be with you? Right. Follows you everywhere you go. Right. He's interested in everything you do. Right. Yeah. This dog you speak of, I'm not sure it's a common thing in America. Yeah, it's actually a, a carnivorous mammal jack, a quadruped, a <laughs> descendant of the wolf, popular as a pet in the United States. Uh, okay, Trump's approval rating on uh, the latest. I could hit you with that. How, what percentage of people want him to testify under oath 
in the whole Mueller investigation. Pretty high percentage. Bill Clinton had Buddy. H.W. had Millie. Yeah. Reagan had Rex. Last president not to have a dog? William freaking McKinley in 1897. Wow. He got shot. Right? Probably for not having a dog. But he had pets, a parrot, and a rooster. What? He had a rooster? Actually, multiple roosters. Hmm. Uh, You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Very quickly, the president's approval rating currently uh, in Gallup, it's 39. CNN, SSIS, whatever that is, he's 42. Quinnipiac, 41. So if you wanted to average those three, you'd be around 40. Um, so whatever. What was uh, the middle one? I'll try to figure out what that was. Uh, <laughs> 394142 CNN SSIS oh SSRS I'm sorry but anyway that's their polling organization apparently but uh, well whatever you you can get reelected hanging around 40% we've seen it so all comes down to a choice we'll see it's what it is it's exactly time right exactly right that's what gets left out of the conversation all the time there'll be two people in reality to choose from and you got to choose what one of them uh, yeah yeah. Um, by the way, should Trump testify under oath in the Mueller probe, the CNN SSRS polls, 70, sorry, sorry, sorry. which had the highest Trump approval rating, worth mm. mentioning. Yes. Yes, 70%. 70%. I am surprised by that Say number. Trump should Mildly. testify under oath in the Mueller probe. Huh. Most people have no idea what they're talking about. True. You've got to keep that in mind. But uh, they don't need to know what they're talking about if they vote and the Congress people uh, feel the pressure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would I would say this if if the scope of the questions were made clear and they were appropriate to national security, uh, I wouldn't have a problem with that. If it's going to be a, a gigantic fishing expedition where he asks him under oath about like every real estate deal he's ever made right. and his taxes in 1983, right, 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 the rest of it, then that's that's just to find a crime, right? That's that fits in the same category as why the impeachment of Clinton was a bad idea, just. It's just not good for the country. If if he did something bad, worry about it after he gets out of office. Now, if he com- commits high crimes and misdemeanors as the president, well, that's a different matter, in my mind. HCs and M's, exactly. Uh, now there are limits. I mean, if you, if it found if you found out that like Trump killed fifty hobos, <laughs> well, good lord, there's in, a hell of an example. Well, all right, for instance, all right, how about? F- <laughs> okay, I, I see your point. Um, <laughs> What if it was? What if it was three though? What? What? Why are you laughing at me? I think. I think any First number. First they laugh at you, <laughs> then they try to stop you. I then think, something else happens that I, I don't think, recall. I think any quantity. Then they worship you as a genius. I think any quantity of murdered hobos above zero will be a problem. <laughs> but you know, it's like uh, something out of the bonfire of the vanities. If you ever read that or watched the yeah, movie, yeah. you know, he developed a bloodlust in the eighties. And he just, he, he would find Jeez. vagrants. And, and, but, but you know, he got over it. For instance. God. I mean, I don't think he could be president anymore. 
Yeah, I agree. Some I sort agree. of like uh, d- 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 deducting something shouldn't have been deducted in 1988. No. Complicated probably, probably, tax thing. No. Exactly. Right. I think you see my point. Um, moving along. So uh, back to the dogs in the White House, just because uh, the more I read, the more amused I am. Um, last president not to have a dog. And this says something. William McKinley, who served from 1897 until his assassination in 1901. Was it Truman that famously said, if you want a friend in Washington, get a dog? That is, Harry S. Truman said that, Um, exactly. uh, There's also the, uh, well, a lot of people like dogs. You've got that. It looks good to the public. You've got that. But if you're ever going to own a dog, there'd never be a better time than being president of the United States. Oh, yeah. You got somebody else who's going to take care of it all the time. Walk it, pick up its poop, make sure it's getting its shot. Right. You wouldn't have to do anything except the good part. The companionship. Which Maybe is toss the, a tennis ball now yeah, and again. Yeah, pet it on the head or whatever. You right. get to do all the fun right. stuff. Do that thing where you scratch its belly and its leg starts to go? I assume you're not over at the couch before the Prime Minister of India shows up with one of those brushes trying to get the hair off the couch. <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt sometimes would have over 30 pets in the White House because the president had such a love of God's creatures, said presidential historian Douglas Brinkley, who is no fan of Trump, evidently, because he goes on to say that Trump has no pets, quote, because he has no sense of giving in warmth and caring to any other animal (laughs) but himself. That's fair. Having no pet is another manifestation of his narcissism. Jeez. So that's fair. So anybody who doesn't have a dog fits into that category? I don't think that's clearly true, so you can't assign that necessarily Trump. That could be the reason, but come on. There's lots of people that don't have dogs. He has no sense of giving in warmth and caring to any other animal but himself. He, it's not that he doesn't have a dog. He has actively gone on record as saying, no, I am anti-dog. I do mm. not want, like, me, I don't own a dog. And I would cat love and to have a dog. parrot. Yeah, right. He's anti-every animal. Although he doesn't call people parrots very often. But, but he does call freaking everybody a dog, I'm not regardless trying, of race. I'm not trying to just stand up for Trump, but if he's an actual germaphobe, which might be a kink in the brain he can't control, it'd be pretty difficult to have a pet. Yes, we, oh, worked, yes. we worked with a guy who was OCD. I can't imagine he had any pets. I wonder. He was always worried about me washing my hands in the bathroom. Right. I right. doubt he has a parakeet in his house pooping all over the place. Probably not. How many parakeets could Trump kill and he'd still be able to be president? <laughs> I did quite a few. What if he I'd killed imagine. 50 or three? <laughs> I don't see your point at all. Uh, where was I? <laughs> Trump, cat, dog. Interesting, though, went 120 years yeah. between presidents who didn't have a dog. It is, uh, it's striking. Yeah. Baxi would be a good uh, presidential dog. He'd be a good boy. Trotting around the South Lawn, chasing tennis balls, sitting when told, I'd usually. Like to have a, I'd have a dog that bites the occasional person <laughs> on my demand. What's you know, coming up near Bax is good at nonverbal commands. I'd have a signal for him to bite a reporter. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Omarosa drops a hack email bomb connecting the emails with Donald Trump. Coming up. And did she talk to Mueller? Did Omarosa talk to Mueller? Huh. Uh, all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The guy that was running that compound, Muslim dude, training kids to be school shooters. Right. Allegedly. Yes. Allegedly. Turned them loose. No bail. Turned everybody loose. No bail. 
The uh, defense attorney said it's not illegal to teach a child how to use a firearm. Yeah, I get that. And uh, it would be, uh, it's a racist just because they're black Muslims to think something crazy is going on. I mean, there's pretty grim child neglect, and they found the, the body of a little boy who died allegedly of seizures during a religious ceremony. That's not enough reason to keep you around until we figure out what's going on? Yeah, well. But, you know, I don't, I, I think I know what he was up to, but, but I get that. Yeah, I wonder how solid the information was that they were, quote-unquote, training the children to yeah. be school shooters. Don't I, know. I don't know how solid that is, given the irresponsibility of today's sure. media. Could right. be completely not true. Yeah, I don't know. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Omarosa Menegold Newman is still making the round. You just call her Omarosa. I mean, right. I know you're a legitimate newsman. You're trying to do what you're supposed to do, but it's Omarosa. All <laughs> right, Omarosa is saying President Trump is trying to silence her now. She says... Uh, yes, he's yes, trying indeed. to silence yes, you because yes. you keep saying stuff he doesn't like. Well, or in, is in violation true. of a contract, or so it would seem. Right. She, of course, wrote that uh, book about her time as a White House aide in it, calling Trump unfit and mentally unstable. Well, during an MSNBC interview... <laughs> Katie Turr asked Omarosa. Do you, say, you say corruption, but do you mean coordination? Anything that Robert Mueller would be interested in, whether Donald Trump was coordinating with Russia or he knew about the emails during the campaign, that sort of thing. I think that he should come clean with the American people. I think that he should be honest about what he did during the campaign and what he continued to do in the White House. You were instructed, according to your book, to bring up the emails at every point you could at the end of the 20, 2016 that's, that's campaign. Correct. Hillary Clinton's emails. Yes, that was our talker. Did Donald Trump know about those emails before they came out? Absolutely. He knew about them? Yes. He knew what was coming out before WikiLeaks yes. released them. And how did he know that? Did yeah. they get into that? They said that she asked, did he have a back channel? And Omarosa uh, said, I don't know. I don't really know. It's Maybe. funny how Trumpian she is with yes. the tantalizing hint, the clue that's not quite explained. Right. right. Uh, yeah, I said it yesterday. This is a kung fu movie. This is a, a student now facing the, the head of the dojo. <laughs> this is going to be a great fight scene set piece at the end of the movie. Right? Can't wait. Oh, yeah, I, flying around, kicking. I think uh, she's running toward the end of her uh, her, yeah. her moments on the national stage. And when this little blip is over with the book, she's probably never to be seen again on, uh, on national television. But um, I did hear a Washington Post reporter say Omarosa's disastrous interview with Savannah Guthrie, which I didn't see on the Today Show. Sean said he listened to it. Is it uh, worth airing at some point? I can grab a clip or two of it. It's, it's not disastrous. Yeah. It's kind of uncomfortable just talking over each other. Some You get the hints of combativeness, but... Mm. But why would they describe it as disastrous? To get people to click on it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, huh. uh, I don't know. I don't uh, know. I heard it was because her credibility is questioned and she has no answers for that. But Most, I don't, I don't she know. unquestionably has no credibility, so right. I don't understand why that would be. <laughs> right. right. The sun is hot. Hitler was a bad guy. Right. Yeah. And during that MSNBC interview, she was asked about her claim she's been interviewed by Robert Mueller. Omarosa will no longer confirm or deny that either. Oh, on the, on the violating a non-disclosure agreement. So the, the understanding is yeah. anything she did once in the White House, that has been settled by uh, courts for decades. She gets to talk about right. her experience in the federal government. Oh, I insist on that. For obvious Transparency of government, etc. Yeah. For obvious reasons. But anything that's in the book about the campaign, there's never been a ruling on that. And there was a non-disclosure agreement on the campaign trail, and she's violated that. Well, that's so, a private enterprise. You could have a contract. I don't see any problem with that. Political parties are private enterprises. Yeah. It's, 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 hmm. I really like knowing about campaigns. 
Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, but, yeah, that's a tough one. The tax and uh, bank fraud case against former Trump campaign chief Paul Manafort could go to the jury today. Manafort's defense team rested his case yesterday, didn't call any witnesses. One of Manafort's uh, uh, attorneys... Sorry, Judge, we got nothing over here. No witnesses? A character witness? Character witness! Now, Judge, we're done. Manafort's uh, attorneys told reporters outside the courthouse that they decided to go ahead and rest the case because they believe the government has not met its burden of proof. Others are saying Manafort's counting on a presidential party uh, pardon rather if he's convicted. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I'm an experienced juror and an observer of the legal system, Marshall, and uh, yes. uh, frankly, I think their only chance is appeal or pardon, and any defense that they mounted would probably just annoy the jury. The guy is as guilty as Hunter Thompson once said as 16 dogs. Uh, a Trumpian dislike of dogs there, apparently, apparently from the crazy so, yeah. journalist. But Jeez. No, he did, there was no point in a, def- <laughs> a defense. It turns out, it turns out elephants have a low susceptibility to getting cancer. It's all the peanuts they eat. Just 5% of the animals How died. about elephantitis? <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Just 5% of the animals die from cancer compared to almost a quarter of all humans. Wow. So researchers have been studying elephants to find out how they're able to avoid cancer. And they've discovered a gene in the elephants they're calling the zombie gene that can detect cancer as soon as it develops in a cell. Wow. And kill the cell before it can mold. Give me a little elephant juice. Yep. The beautiful pachyderm could be the, the, the savior of us all. Yep. The uh, studies uh, researchers say there's still a lot of research to be done before the zombie gene could potentially be used for treatment with people with cancer, but they are really moving forward on this as fast as they can. Are there any reports that the people who get injected with this now have the strength of an elephant? Or a a trunk. I don't sell that script to Marvell, Sean. (laughs) Do it by the end of the day today. Sean, I don't believe anyone's been injected with any of these uh, elephant juices. Yes. But anyway, yeah. Well, you can't use the title The Elephant Man. That's already been used. That's that's a very different movie. Don't uh, don't take the kids. Uh, Wow. What would they call it? Uh, E? Just E. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's his superpower? How about a the strength? Shot? The strength of an elephant. He never forgets. <laughs> that, too. That he can fan himself with his ears if he gets hot. <laughs> many, many things. There you go. That's a wrap at your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Sucks up a bunch of water with his trunk, sprays it on himself when he gets hot. It's fabulous. To do the same thing to put out a fire. Exactly. Uh, we got a lot of texts about the whole average weight of men and women now in America. Um, mostly people saying they stopped doing those obvious things and lost weight. Yeah, that, that option does is available to all of us. Eat out less. Eat less crap. If you cook at home, say, 13 days out of 14, you will lose weight. It's guaranteed. I eat so much less at home. Oh, yeah. It's healthier, and I eat less of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, big food. I mean, big pharma, for all its sins, has killed a, a zillionth of the number of people as big food. It's amazing we actually don't pay yeah. more attention to this. Right. Right. No food should come out of a factory. There's no reason for it. Yeah. And yet, you know, I eat that junk all the way all day long. Oh, that reminds me. I was looking at our Chevron Station style uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, foodatorium in there. And <laughs> I glanced at one package. It says... All natural licorice. 
What the hell does that mean? <laughs> they, they planted a bunch of licorice trees in a field, raised them organically, and now that they just pick the licorice? It's sustainable licorice, you know, fair trade licorice. is all natural. I believe it grows in the ground more like a tomato than on a tree. Is that it? I don't know. I'm no farmer, but... Uh, it's another back-to-school story. Uh, teachers versus parents on whether or not kids should have cell phones at school. Differing views, among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some more details on the latest Catholic Church sexual abuse uh, scandal, which is just freaking horrifying. Unthinkable. It's unthinkable. uh, And we'll get into that later. I don't want to get sidetracked. And sleeping more than eight hours increases the likelihood of an early death. Shut up. I want to talk about the the numbers behind the statistics. If I don't get some sleep, I'll be dead. I never sleep more than eight hours, so I'm in the clear, but... All right, good for you. So, a couple of stories. I'm not happy about it. Very quickly. Giant... Gang attack in Sweden overnight yesterday. They're on different time zone than us. 80 cars set on fire by gangs in several cities. Gangs of black-clad youths. The mainstream media being very careful to tiptoe around who it was. It seems clear that it was bands of uh, African immigrants masked, burning dozens and dozens of cars in several cities. They have a message? Uh, no, and they haven't caught, they haven't arrested anybody. Speaking to Swedish radio, Prime Minister uh, Lofven addressed the attacker simply asking, what the hell are you doing? Which is a pretty good question. Sweden is firmly in election season ahead of September's polls, and immigration remains a key issue. Mr. Lofven's uh, government party, the Social Democrats, is facing the worst poll numbers in its history to the benefit of anti-immigration party, the Sweden Democrats. Well, you got to have a message when you go around, if it's coordinated, and it would seem it was. What are you trying to accomplish? You're not going to help your side right before an election with anti-immigration politicians on the rise by going around and doing this. Uh, no, you're probably right. But from the point of view of those doing this, it's similar to the riots in, in the suburbs of Paris, the Muslim suburbs of Paris. I think the message is, give us what we want or else. God, yeah, I'm telling you, I, I, I say this about a lot of books. You want to understand that phenomenon, where it could go, read the book Submission um, that uh, was involved in the Charlie Hebdo killings there in, in, uh, in Europe. But it's just, it, just, it just plays out where this could go, and pretty realistically. Right, right. Now, listen, that's, uh, that is the mass migration of Muslims to Europe. But that leads us to my, my thing lately. Here is my thing. Yeah. You gonna yell at the staff again? No, <laughs> not unless you continue to interject. Um, you have two things then. We we need. <laughs> this is my other thing. For God's sake, with all due respect to the Middle East, which is a hellhole and the cause of much of the angst and pain around the world, and the terrorism and the death and the rest of it, 
Ladies and gentlemen, people of the United States of America, I'm begging you, the media of the United States of America, we need to start paying attention to our hemisphere, the Western Hemisphere. Central and South America are crumbling. Democracies are crumbling. Even the dictatorships are crumbling. And there could be, you know, what do you care? Massive repercussions in terms of immigration. Economic. Great, interesting piece in the WAPO. Their long-form journalism. Oh, my God, there's going to be a temptation here, and I don't think I can resist it. It's an article about piracy. There will be pirates in them waters. You can't resist using a pirate voice. No, I can't. Even though nobody knows uh, where that accent came from. There's no No. indication there actually were. Tis thought it was from the movie, Long John Silver. What's what's the story, actually? There's no belief that there were criminals on boats upon the sea at any point in human history where they sounded like that. Yet that is the voice that people generally do for a pirate. And even if it did happen in the 1500s... That's one lily-livered landlubber's opinion. That's not what pirates sound like now. No. Um, what was the movie? Uh, Treasure Island. It was thought that the guy who portrayed Long John Silver kind of originated that pirate Really? Voice. So, yeah. Talk Like a Pirate Day is all that one guy? Yeah, pretty much. That's huh. my understanding of it. Uh, at any rate, uh, the, the pirates of new are not nearly as charming as the disnified cliches of Don, Johnny Depp. Etc. Or cartoon pirates are always, you know, they're a little evil, but they're easily overcome. Right, exactly. Um, centuries after Blackbeard's cannons fell silent, etc., etc., the region is confronting a new and less romanticized era of pirates. Political and economic crises are exploding from Venezuela to Nicaragua to Haiti, sparking anarchy and criminality. As the rule of law breaks down, certain spots in the Caribbean, experts say, are becoming more dangerous than they've been in many, many years. Uh, particularly in the waters off of collapsing Venezuela. Uh, the acts of villainy appear to be happening with the complicity or direct involvement of corrupt officials, said Jeremy McDermott, co-director of Insight Crime, a nonprofit. It's criminal chaos, a free-for-all, all along the Venezuela coast. Uh, comprehensive data on piracy is largely lacking, but a two-year study by a nonprofit recorded 71 major incidents last year, including robberies of merchant vessels and attacks on yachts. These are major incidents where blood was shed and 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 lots of stuff was stolen. Stealing that, their booty. Exactly. It's up 163% from the previous year, the vast majority in Caribbean waters, or do you say Caribbean? Are indeed. In April, for instance, masked men boarded four Guianese fishing boats 30 miles off the coast of Guiana, the crews were doused with hot oil, hacked with machetes, and thrown overboard. Of 25 survived. Well, that's pretty rough. Uh, it was a massacre. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. There have been reports of piracy over the last 18 months near Honduras, Nicaragua, Haiti, and St. Lucia. But nowhere has the search been more notable, analysts say, than off the coasts of socialist Venezuela. And who's the richest woman in Venezuela? Hugo Chavez's daughter. Hello. Anyway, 0-2. As the economic crisis in the South American country has sent inflation soaring toward 1 million percent, making food and medicine scarce, malnutrition is spreading, disease is rampant, water and power grids are failing from lack of trained staff and spare parts, police and military are abandoning their posts as their paychecks become nearly worthless, and under the socialist no. government of Nicolas Maduro, repression and corruption have increased. Oh, yeah, the full breakdown of a society would be so ugly to live through. Right. Oh, my it's, God. It's the desperation that That's... drives normally respectable people to do terrible, terrible things. Well, in fact, 
in Trinidad and Tobago, which is right across the water, they're talking about Venezuelan Coast Guard officers and and, uh, government officials boarding yachts and demanding money and food because they're starving. It's unlikely to ever happen in the United States, but that's one of the reasons I'm a gun owner, if that ever goes that direction. Because you've got no chance if you don't have a weapon, if society falls apart that much. They're talking about Venezuelan officials showing up in Trinidad um, with uh, drugs and exotic animals and, and all sorts of stuff you smuggle and saying, I'll swap you for some food. Oof, I that's, got a giraffe. that's socialism, folks. Well, not giraffes. Nobody can smuggle a giraffe. Well, maybe I could. <laughs> so you say you could. So uh, the, it reminds me, said a, a lawmaker um, in uh, Africa, of the problems that started off the coast of eastern Africa, referring to the uh, Somali pirates years ago. Piracy smuggling. It's the result of Venezuela's political and economic collapse. I'm telling you, there's plenty to pay attention to in this here hemisphere. It's only anyway. Oh, and two. Right. It's only going to be a minute and a half long, but Savannah Guthrie getting into it with Amarosa on the Today Show yesterday. We've got a little montage of that. If you sleep more than eight hours, particularly ten hours a day, look forward to an early death. Lazy bastards. Dream of dying. Hmm. Um, wow. Among, among other things on the way and back into the Catholic Church story. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.